Hey everybody, this is Chance Gilliam, welcoming you to the Chance by Chance podcast. Two points of housekeeping before we dive into today's interview. The first is expressing gratitude for the support and engagement as of late. I've received a handful of considerate contributions through the website, and it really does further the efforts by freeing time and attention, as well as covering the expenses associated with this project. So to those who have lent a hand, you have my sincere thanks. That also extends to everyone who has reached out. Feedback is always appreciated. You can get in touch at chancebychance.prospect at gmail.com. There's an option to include a message when you sign up for the newsletter at chancebychance.com as well. One such email I received came all the way from Australia, which was inspiring to see, and in it, the writer requested today's guest, DeCarlo Jackson. He's a freelance musician from St. Paul, Minnesota. You have likely seen him perform with Hippocampus, playing trumpet. He also collaborates with Nazim and Spencer Joles, Alan Kingdom, Trio Malou, and many more. DeCarlo's worked as a program associate at the Walker West Music Academy and is a fellow SPCPA graduate. In this interview, we discuss his creation of a full and thriving life as a musician, the real origin story. You get it here, folks. We also dig into some timely considerations such as social media, law, community, and responsibility. Definitely get in touch with DiCarlo through the links he provides if you benefit from hearing his voice on this show. It's always good to let someone know. I loved sharing this conversation with him, and I'm pleased to be sharing it with you now. The second and final point of housekeeping is a plug for my interview with Nightstones. DiCarlo credits them as one of the groups he's most impressed by today. Coincidentally, I had an interview scheduled with them immediately after talking with DiCarlo, so I decided to post the two episodes together. Definitely pull that up next. For now, however, simply enjoy my conversation with the great DiCarlo Jackson. DiCarlo, thank you for coming on the podcast. Yeah, of course, of course. All right, first things first. How exactly did you become the face of Twin Cities Metro Transit? <laughs> um, I was, uh, somebody, I guess the gig was for somebody else. It was for um, Chris Thompson, I think, from SPCPA. Do you remember that guy, the teacher? No. He played tenor <laughs> sax. He was really cool. Um, but he, uh, I think maybe it was his gig and then he just couldn't make it or something. So he referred me and Hmm. so the guy hit me on the, the guy hit me on the Facebook and, uh, you know, I guess we linked up at like the Midtown Global Market and then, uh, he just took some shots at me, bought me some food. (laughs) Some noodles, right? (laughs) Bought me some food. And he bought me some tacos, and, uh, yeah, I guess the noodles were the best look, though. <laughs> it was bomb. Yeah, especially on the side of a bus. Yeah. <laughs> nice stringy noodles. Yeah. Okay, I got a, an email from someone who listened to the podcast with Jake and Whistler, and they were asking for you to come on the show and explain how you got involved with Hippocampus, and having gone to school with you, I know that... This may even like date back to the days of Danger Will Robinson and Whistle Kid and the yeah, collaboration you guys were even doing then. Yeah. Can you can you start at that point and like walk up to to present day your involvement with this crew of people? Dang. Well, um, I guess I met 
I met Nathan and Whistler back just freshman year, like first day or something. And they just looked mad funny because they're all small and wore like super tight jeans. <laughs> like really tight jeans. Like really, really tight jeans. And Whistler's were like colorful. Like he had like like blue jeans, but not like denim colored jeans, like dyed blue, like bright. Like almost like sky blue jeans. <laughs> had some like red ones. You know, it was just like, it was hilarious. But, um,. What was the first thing we did? I think we got... I think we, uh... Oh, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. We had this band. I guess we we, we didn't end up kicking it a lot until, like, um, sophomore year or something. And um, we had this band called Harmonia, which was uh, Caleb from Happy Children and our friend Robin Heil. He was kind of, like, playing synth and singing and stuff. And then also Mitch from Happy Children. And then Whistler was on the drums, and I was playing some bass. Mitch was playing keys at the time, too. You know, I don't know. We were just, like, mostly just dicking around and, like, making shitty songs. As sophomores do. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just really bad music overall. <laughs> and, uh... <laughs> um... <clears throat> that was, like, kind of my first experience, like, playing bass. Because before that, I hadn't been a bass player. At one time, I was PCPA for trumpet. Mm. And, um... Yeah, I've, I've been playing trumpet since I was in, um, like, fourth grade or something. And so I just, you know, played in school band and stuff. And I did jazz band and stuff growing up, too. And then I ended up studying at Walker West Music Academy. And um, that's basically where I learned, like, all my, like, music theory, like, applied theoretical stuff, like scales and modes and all kinds of, like, alterations and stuff like that. And... Um, so I did, like, the grunt work of my studying there <laughs> and playing in other, like, jazz ensembles with just, like, growing up and stuff like that. Um, so, yeah, I guess when I ended up going to SPCBA, I didn't already play the bass, but at some point I ended up, like, picking up the bass because I've always been interested in, like, playing in, like, a rock band or something with my friend instead of just playing jazz music all the time. And um, so my first experience with that was, like, Harmonia with those dudes and then um Whistler was like always friends with Nathan and so like I think it was the short guy type pants thing <laughs> and like <laughs> just the perfect man yeah. <laughs> so we like at some point like grouped together for like a SPCPA like class thing like we just had to like learn some songs I think we did like an Ingrid Michaelson song for like one of those performance nights yeah yeah yeah, just like an ensemble that we had to play some some shit. Some Ingrid Michaelsons. Yeah, <laughs> we picked Ingrid Michaelson. I think we did like a jazz tune or something too, and um, also pretty bad. But that was the first time me, Nathan Whistler, and David have worked together. And David does all the album covers and like the creative direction for the band Hippo, and so like he does like most of the merch <laughs> like he did like the website I think or he's working on one or something he does like he does like hella shit like he mm -hmm. snaps so hard and um <laughs> he always did like posters and stuff for the shows in high school too and um yeah it was always just David just snapping super hard so um but yeah that was like the first time the four of us had worked together and then we had like me playing the bass Nathan on guitar and David on guitar because that's what he went to SPCPA for mm. and um, Whistler on the drums 
And I don't even know, I don't really remember what tunes we did, but I know that we did an Ingrid Michaelson song for sure. <laughs> and that, you know, somehow segued into us, like, wanting to, like, just keep making songs together because it was fun hanging out. And um, from there we formed Danger World Robinson, which then turned into Northern at some point. I think we were trying to make, like, like math rock at first. <laughs> and then, because um, we are all, like, mad into, like, maps and atlases and shit. Mm. And um, Nathan used to play like fingerstyle guitar, like fingerstyle acoustic guitar, like that dude Andy McKee. Oh yeah, yeah, I, I like Andy McKee. I saw him at uh, the Cedar earlier this year. Oh yeah, he was here. Yeah. Word. Yeah. Tight. Man, he's crazy live yeah, he's crazy. too. Just like watching him work that instrument. Yeah. Oh. Yo, Nathan could do all of that shit. <laughs> he had like that whole, what was it called, the Art of Motion? Yep. He had like, I think he had like a transcription book or some shit, but he could play like I think like that whole shit. Wow. I saw him play like a number of tunes off of that shit and it was just like I'd never seen anyone do that like in person before. I was like, that is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh yeah. I guess we did the northern stuff. I think around the time we were Danger Will Robinson, Whistle Kid was forming with um with uh Jake and Zach and Joey Hayes and uh Alex, Alex Graves mm. and um, yeah we started doing shows around the city just because I guess we thought we were supposed to do shows around the city like we couldn't just do shows at school because we had like one performance a year <laughs> and not enough yeah so we would do that one too but then after a while they tried to like make us not do the performances together at school just because um, I guess they wanted us to do other like stuff you mean the administration or teachers mm -hmm. yeah the teachers and mm -hmm. I guess the administration did have to get involved, which didn't make any sense. I was like, dang, like, is that the, is it this big of an issue? Involved how? I don't know. They are just... Breaking uh, you all up? Yeah, I guess so. They put us all in chains and told us that we could never talk to each other. Again. <laughs> it's really sad. There's a movie about it, actually. It's crazy. A movie? There's not a movie about it. Uh, not yet. Lie. Not yet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Someday. The origin story. <laughs> you know? Yeah, that'd be great. Um... But yeah, so uh, we were doing gigs like that, and then, like, after a while, like, all of us kind of had to make college plans and stuff, and I decided to go to University of Manitoba, and David went to uh, MICA in Baltimore, the graphic design school, and uh, Alex Graves went to University of Minnesota, and Joey Hayes went to... University of Wisconsin Eau Claire. Nailed it. Wow. That's a lot. Um <laughs> and so yeah. Um we all did that and then the dudes just stayed together. They kept playing music. They all used to hang out at Zach's house and stuff too, because they all lived in Woodbury. So they would all like commute back and forth from school to back home together. And so they're just like jamming and stuff and eventually hmm. they just started doing the head post stuff. Hmm. Yeah. And you mentioned before we started recording that you did not graduate from school. I, was, I wasn't sure on that. Yeah. How many years did you go for, and why did you decide to leave when you did? Um, well, I went to University of Manitoba for two years. Studying jazz? Yeah, yeah, yeah. trumpet. And um, it was, like, a really wonderful program at the time, and it was just, like, it was good for me to, like, have some teachers 
like really really forced me to learn the stuff that I like always dragged my toes learning <laughs> like you know they really forced us to do skills they really forced us to play stuff with metronomes and like you know play with subdivisions and like I don't know it was like a really grounded like fundamental education that like I guess a lot of music schools just like really pass up like they really don't enforce the rules that, that like of stuff that like to like play jazz music or like classical music and stuff like that accurately you have to know all this like information and like have all this technique and stuff and they were just like really really drilling the technique up there and it was like pretty cool for a while and I practiced a lot it was cool learned a lot of jazz music lots of old stuff lots of Freddie Hubbard and Lee Morgan stuff but like uh, it was just like it was really cold you know like Minnesota's really cold but like Winnipeg is like a lot a lot colder maybe it was just the year but yeah like Yo, that shit was like no joke at all. I was not ready for none of that. Not having it. <laughs> I was not ready for none of that. And um yeah, that was pretty ridiculous. <laughs> and um but I don't know. I also was just kinda sad about not being back in Minnesota, kinda doing more of the stuff that I wanted to do instead of like sitting in a room all day and like practicing for eight hours a day. Right. You know, that was like cool for a little bit and I don't know, I think I was just starting to go kind of crazy a little bit, so I had to get up out of there. <laughs> and um, so I spent two years up there, and then when I moved back to Minnesota, I kind of took, like, a semester off to, like, just play music, and in that time I got involved in, like, so many groups. Like, I think I was playing in, like, ten, like nine or ten bands at once, and it was just, like, I, I, didn't, I wasn't doing shit, like, I was just, you know... Um, I didn't really have, like, any idea of, like, how to shape, or, like, what I wanted to do with my career, really. Mm. I just knew that, like, I'm a musician, and, I don't know, I played in a lot of bands, like, growing up at once, so I was like, I don't see why this is, like, much of a problem. It's just different music for different occasions. So, you know, I was just playing in a bunch of groups, but after a while, they got, like, super exhausting, and I realized why that was a stupid idea. (laughs) And so, um... You know, I kind of, like, not to say any of the bands were a bad idea to join. Like, all the bands I was in assisted me in some way, like, artistically, and helped me, like, understand more parts of, like, what I wanted to play and do, but... Oh, man, it was just, like, a whole, like, taxing, emotional venture to be in, like, so many groups at once. You can't spread yourself thin for too long. Yeah. A little while it works, but then after that, I can can relate. (laughs) Totally, totally, and it's, like... Maybe I should be in a couple groups, but, like, you know, now I'm in, like, three. You know, <laughs> and it's, like, this is this is very nice. Yeah. <laughs> like, I can do this. Would you consider yourself a freelance musician, or, or how do you think of... Yeah, definitely. Okay. I mean, I've done, like, um, I was working... Oh, yeah, I guess, uh, where were we at? Let's, like, <laughs> I did school... Oh, yeah, in that, in that semester off, I also started working at Walker West where I was doing a lot of, um, like, administrative work, like calls and emails, and uh, I helped organize a couple jazz series that they had going on at Walker West, and, like, so we booked, like, Ron Carter, the old bass guy, who played with, like, Miles Davis, and, uh, um, man, like, a whole, like, host of people, there's, like, tons of people (laughs) that we actually brought in, it's kind of crazy, but, um, 
Yeah, that was super sick. But in that process, I started teaching and stuff. I helped run the. Um, well, I guess I was like the head administrator one year for like the like kids jazz camp thing that we had, and it was like actually really hard to like <laughs> get everybody on the same page and like get all the employees doing different things motivated to like do the stuff that they were supposed to do to like rile all these kids up like that was crazy and um yeah like getting all the lunch people to communicate with each other and us and like (laughs) figuring out the protocol for like getting rid of food and stuff so like throughout doing stuff like that and like I did a lot of teaching at Walker West too at the same time like on Saturdays I took over for my teacher Solomon Parham Hmm. And uh, he'd been teaching me since I was, I think, 13 or something. He moved into town when I was in, like, sixth grade. And I started studying with him then. And, um, yeah, I I just did some lessons for him, and that was, like, pretty cool. But all that aside, yeah, I guess I would consider myself a freelance musician. Like, I I still do gigs where um, there's just, like, they'll just hire me to go play at this event or at this thing and I put together like an ensemble me on bass or me playing the trumpet like whatever I kind of feel like doing depending on the size that they want and um yeah I just go do that no promotion and stuff like that you know it's pretty cool just jump right in yeah which really speaks to your talent as a musician I mean you're a multi-instrumentalist and and crazy talented but like looking things over preparing for today I, I could not keep track of the list of groups that you've performed with. <laughs> yeah. And, and I was expecting some hopping around during the interview, but man, like props to you on that. Like, I think that really does speak to your talent. Um, and speaking of which, so you started at Walker West. Is that is that your, uh, the birth of your musical experience? Or when did you start playing trumpet as a kid? You well, I, fourth, I started fourth playing grade. Tr- yeah, yeah, fourth grade. Third grade-ish. Well, I started in third grade because me and my brother both got instruments at the same time he started in fourth grade he started playing tenor sax in fourth grade and I or not tenor sax he started playing alto sax in fourth grade and then I wanted to play saxophone too but my dad just did not let me play the saxophone or the drums <laughs> and I was like okay like what am I supposed to play then? Yeah. <laughs> like uh and so he just made me play the trumpet and then <laughs> so I started doing that in like third grade I was just making fart noises for like a minute <laughs> Like, a long while, I was just making fart noises. And and then, like, around fourth grade, I started doing school band. And I think, like, fifth grade-ish, my parents, like, picked us up to go to Walker West. It was just kind of hard because it was, like, a financial commitment and stuff. You know, like, lessons are kind of, like, expensive. But Walker West, like, really works with people. And, like, it, it serves, like, a... It serves the community that, like... You know, a lot of the people there just, like, kind of need lots of financial assistance a lot of people are like from this area too of St. Paul which is really cool because like places like McPhail are like super far away and super out of reach and like really expensive and like luckily for me like someone at the Dakota Foundation I think it was Andrea Cantor the photographer she like put in a good word for me or something and she like I ended up playing with the Dakota combo out of McPhail (laughs) And, um, yeah, it was just, like, they they had me on scholarship there, and I took lessons for a while, and I played with Dakota Combo, and I did some jazz camps, like, for a year or so after that, and I took bass lessons with Adam and stuff, Adam Linz, but it was all, like, from help 
from the help of the Dakota Foundation for Jazz Education. And, like, without that, like, I wouldn't have ever had, like, the ability to study at McPhail and learn about, like, all the weird stuff that I learned (laughs) at McPhail. Yeah. To the extent that you can remember it, what was it about music that caught and held your attention in the way that it did? Both you and your brother, you know, like, lots of kids will pick up an instrument, they'll play in the school band for a couple of years, and then, you know, let that go and continue on with whatever else, but... You started young and have just continued full steam ahead. Like, what was it that uh, captivated you or held you to music in the way that it did? Well, I mean, to be real, like, when me and my brother were younger, like, we played, like, football, we played golf, we played, um... I originally was going to go to high school to Creighton. I was going to go to Creighton, Durham Hall, for high school, for, like, on, like, a football scholarship thing. They had been wanting me to go there for a while, and I was like... You know, it was about that time, and I was, like, just deciding if I was going to go to Central, if I was going to go to Creighton, if I was going to go to SPCPA. And, like, I guess on a whim, I just kind of picked SPCPA, like, on some hella random shit. But, like, (laughs) otherwise, (laughs) I would have just been doing something else full steam ahead because my parents just wouldn't have let me quit doing something. Yeah. You know, like, I started to lose interest in golf. Like, me and my brother had traveled a little bit playing golf and, like, doing competitions. Like, I think we went to, like, Kentucky a couple of times and some other places toward the south. But, like, I don't know. Golf was just not really, like, holding it for me. Like, I didn't want to, like, play golf that bad. And I didn't want to play football that bad because the culture was weird. When I was younger, I already didn't like the feeling of being immersed in masculinity that way. Mm. You know? Like, (laughs) it was just, like, way too much for me a lot of the time. And I just didn't like a bunch of football players, you know? (laughs) I just couldn't deal with the attitude. And I've been playing football with the same dudes for so long. Like, it was, like, we started in, like, second grade. And I didn't quit until, like, I started going to high school. City league? Yeah. 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 And, you know, but if it was, like, I would have had to pick something to do. Yeah. And, like, my parents just were, you know, they were, like, really supportive of us doing things because they didn't want us to get, like, caught up in the neighborhood and, like, gangbanging and stuff like that or like I don't know it was like not a good neighborhood around here like it is now <laughs> well I mean good considering like the whole gentrification thing but that's a whole different topic to not really get on right now hey we can you know? we can steer into that if you want to maybe later maybe later uh, alright alright uh, well speaking of football as long as you bring it up I saw you and Hippo out at the uh Vikings pregame. Oh, yeah, totally. yeah, yeah. Totally. man. How how did that come together? That was awesome. Literally, I have no idea. <laughs> I think like that was a Jeff thing for sure. I don't hmm. know who, <laughs> who uh, I don't know who emailed who, but it was definitely. I just got the email eventually. Like, hey, we're doing. What was it? We're gonna. We went to. We went to uh, beach ball fest. I don't remember where Beach Ball, Beach Ball Fest was. And then <laughs> we went to uh, Lou Fest in St. Louis right after. And then we were going to be home for like two days. And then we were going to have... Or we were going to be home for one day. And then we are going to have the um, the Vikings game. Hmm. And, you know, that was just all that was in the email. It was like, we got these three dates. And I was like, cool. <laughs> Did they uh, set you up with some tickets for the game? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. That's awesome. 
But I didn't really want to go. I don't really like football that much anymore. No? No. Oh. But I thought we were going to lose, to be real. I thought the Vikings were just going to lose. We crushed them. Yeah, I know. I, I thought, but I had no faith. I thought we sucked. <laughs> <laughs> I thought we sucked. Uh, hey, we'll see. A lot of season left. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> um, Shifting gears a little bit, how do you stay sane on the road? Because you travel a lot. You tour a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a, you know, that's a particular lifestyle. Yeah. How, how do you work it out for yourself? Um, um, honestly, I smoke weed a lot. I don't know if that's cool to keep in here. Yeah. But I'd be, I just, I smoke weed a lot. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you gotta have consistency somewhere. <laughs> like, um, yeah, that. And I mean, I just get to play my trumpet. Do long tones every day, <laughs> you know, kind of like some meditative practices. I like rolling joints and playing long tones. Mm. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just keep it nice and chill. Yeah. Go with the flow. Yeah, right down the road. And I mean, like, <laughs> I, 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 I usually like the people I'm, I'm hanging with. I mean, like, we talked about that thing at McNally earlier. I guess I haven't finished my school story yet, but um, I ended up going to McNally Smith here in Minnesota. And, um, just for, like, a year, but it wasn't really for me. It was kind of cool to meet the people that I met. I got to study with Adam Meckler for a while, and he's, like, um, his wife, Jana Meckler, worked at SPCPA when we were going there, and she was our keyboard lab teacher and our one of our music theory teachers. And I was just such an asshole back then. Like, it must have been so bad to try and teach me. That was so <laughs> terrible. I feel so sorry about that. <laughs> But, um, yeah, I didn't learn shit on the keyboard. I could not play keys after that class at all. Not not a testament to her teaching, just absolutely because I suck. And I'm an <laughs> asshole. Um, but, like, yeah, I definitely could have tried a lot harder. Hey, everyone grows up. <laughs> yeah, high school is a particular time for everyone, you know? I, I know. I know that very well for <laughs> yeah. myself. Yep. Absolutely. Yep. Um, but, yeah, you know... Um, we did that. Let's see. I went to McNally, yeah, and I uh, got to study with Adam, and that was really cool because he had known me when I was younger, and um, you know he was just pretty stoked to teach me, and I was pretty stoked to learn from him. And it's I don't know. I feel like it's kind of rare in Minnesota that you get a relationship like that with your teacher, where it's like, oh yeah, I'm excited for you as a professional musician to be learning from me, and I'm excited for me as a professional musician to be teaching you stuff that you don't know, you know, and it's just like. I feel like a lot of the times the teachers that you end up with don't really know who you are or care about what you're doing at all. They just feel like they should teach you these particular things and then let you do what you do, but they don't even understand how like to like teach you stuff that like you need to learn for the things that you want to learn how to do, you know? Because there's like definitely things that everyone needs to learn, but it also should be kind of more specifically tailored to like the things that you want to learn instead of just like you need to learn how to do this just because you need to know how to do it you know can you describe how adam exemplified that um well adam and a couple like i've been fortunate enough to have like a few really nice teachers in my life being like solomon and adam and like Derek gardner from university of manitoba and um yeah there's like i've had like teachers in my life that have like really helped me to like want to keep on doing my thing because teachers a lot of the time I've heard are like some of the main reasons why people stop 
like playing music in the first place and I just was so fortunate to not have or at least to always also have teachers that were like really supportive of me Mm -hmm. and um but uh what'd you ask again I'm sorry um (laughs) what uh what was it about Adams and these other teachers as well their teaching style that uh showed you that they cared and supported you versus these other teachers who sort of like brush students along oh yeah well I mean they just like they just know how to speak to me in my language you know like they just knew how to like get me to like I'm just kind of like I'm kind of obstinate you know like I don't really like teachers that was a big reason why I didn't like sports it was like because it was old dudes like yelling at me to do something that's like I don't know like I don't feel like (laughs) you know so like if you're gonna keep yelling at me I'm just gonna keep not listening to you tell me what to do you know and so like unless the teacher knew how to like really like kind of finesse me into listening to them it just wouldn't go you know and like especially the ones I named like they were they knew how to just like settle me in a way that was like I was able to, like, listen to them and, like, receive the information. And they also knew how to, like... You know, they were able to, like, listen to me. Like, they went out of their way to hear me do what I do. Oh, and Adam Adam Lins, too, especially. He was a big one who taught me how to listen, so... I feel sorry about leaving him out of that category. I forgot about my bass teachers for a second. But, um... Got it now. Adam Lins, too, like, he, um... They just kind of they would, like, listen to me. Like, they've heard me play in bands. They've, like, listened to me do my thing. Like, Adam would listen to my hippo stuff and then tell me how to improve, like, what I was doing, you know? And Solomon was, like, always around when I was um, playing jazz, like, when I was younger. And so he would always be able to tell me, like, exactly what points needed to be fixed and, like, why I needed to fix it Hmm. and how, like, if I fix it, it would improve, you know... They would just give me a more well-rounded scope of, like, why what they were saying was important. And that just helped me learn a lot better from them. Yeah. yeah. So, are you still uh, teaching some yourself at Walker West? No, not right now. Yeah. Um, I mostly do kind of, like, um, I'll get hired for stuff to just, like, there's so many motorcycles around here, I don't get it. Um... I'll get hired for, like, just kind of gigs, like, to go out and um, kind of, like, more represent Walker West hmm. as an entity, less than, like, actually having to go to Walker West and work there. Especially because, like, we had, like, quite a few people on staff at the time where I started going back to school. Because I started going to McNally and I had to, like, drop a lot of the hours I was working. All the hours I was working. <laughs> and, um... Yeah, so I still kind of... I work with Walker West still, but they kind of hire me, like, as a professional more so than, like, I work there. Definitely. So I don't really, like, teach a lot there anymore. Yeah. But I have been thinking about picking up lessons again, and uh, that would be pretty cool. be pretty cool. So you are working full-time as a musician, then? You're a professional? Yeah, I mean, I guess so. Yeah. I wouldn't call it working full-time. What would you call it? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> just play music. Yeah. Um. Just doing my thing. Happy to be doing it. Yeah. 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 There are, I think, a lot of people, um, desiring to do what you do and to be able to play music. One group, maybe multiple groups, and 
make that their life in the way that you're making it yours. Do you have any recommendations, particularly for young artists? Like thinking back to when you were a sophomore writing those shitty songs. Like, mm-hmm. what 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 would you tell yourself at that point? Um, in order to uh, continue on a good track and eventually reach where you are now. Um, it's like be really honest with yourself. But also just keep writing those super dumb shitty songs because like the music is never gonna get better <laughs> you know like the more you write dumb shitty songs the more and more you write more dumb shitty songs yeah. you know and at some point somebody will be like that's not a dumb song to me even <laughs> though to you you'll be like this song sucks like <laughs> but like you know people will start to like approve of it after a while but like to you you're still just writing dumb shitty songs you know and as long as you keep doing it then you can't really go wrong you know because it's just like still what you like and that's the other thing is like be honest with yourself about what you like and what you're doing Mm. like if you're playing a role in something that's like not necessarily the role you want to play then try experimenting in a different group doing something else you know like if you don't always just want to be bass player then don't always just be bass player like if you want to sing a little bit even if you think that just because you're a bass player is something you can't sing definitely because of that learn how to sing I was watching some shit the other day and they were like they quoted somebody it's like a quote from a quote of a quote or some shit and they were like um, because something is hard like there's no the only reason to do something is because it's hard you know that's like the worst <laughs> I, I didn't say that well but like um, now you're quoting a quote of a quote of a quote yeah it's all fucked up <laughs> like wow this is really a game of telephone at this point um but like yeah like just because something is difficult to do that almost gives more incentive to do the thing you know and if you feel like opening yourself up to an audience in a, in a way where you're literally speaking like spilling your words from your mouth like that you know like it's just it's important to do the things that you think are hard Hmm. in life you know because if you do the things that are hard then like doing hard shit is just not as hard anymore yeah yeah (laughs) what is hard for you right now um you you can choose to answer this or not but is, is there anything uh that you personally are confronting for me to to give you this example it's definitely just like staying accountable with uh like timeliness for one thing yeah um because doing my own thing not having a a boss to answer to with with the podcast or like the videos that i put out um you know i can kind of let things slip sometimes even though i don't want to like i definitely i definitely want to stick with it but right now i'm like confronting that and learning how to dig my heels into something yeah do you have anything similar um anything you're working on right now yeah i mean just more consistency like when i was going to university of manitoba i forced myself to practice like every morning i would wake up and play like this warm-up like every day and then um you know i do my classes have my lessons still be playing all day for my classes and stuff and then at night I would practice for like like four or five hours a night just like doing stuff that I know that I needed to like learn for school 
and just have under my fingers so I could be better at my instrument. And I have not been on a practice routine like that since. So, like, nowadays it's just, like, trying to get myself back in sync with, like, forcing myself to do something like that. You know, like, I've been exercising every day. I've been riding my bike a lot. Um, that's always hard because most days I woke, I wake up and I'm just like, I don't really want to, like, <laughs> exercise. Like, who wants to go to the gym? <laughs> like, literally nobody wants... Well, people do want to go to the gym now, which I think is largely, like, some weird psychological thing that has been fucked up through consumerism or something. But, like, a lot of people want to go to the gym now. Gym culture, man. Gym culture is crazy. Yeah, you know? get your shorts on. It's ridiculous. <laughs> it's like, What? But, um, that being said, like, it's just hard to want to work out every day. And I still don't go to the gym because I'm still, like, clearly scared of going to the gym, you know? <laughs> but, like, I would rather, you know, I do my, I, like, ride my bike a lot, like, every morning. Yeah. Fresh air is better for you anyway. It really it's is. a sweaty gym. It really is. But, I mean, it's, like, just trying to force yourself to do stuff that, like, <clears throat> yeah, you know, you don't want to do. Hmm. So... So for me, yeah, it's just been mostly practicing way more and um, trying to hone, like, the stuff that I think that I actually need to hone, you know? Not so much about playing scales all the time and not so much about, like, I don't know, some of the crazy shit that you learn in music school. Mm-hmm. But, like, just about the things that I need to learn how to apply to my, like, performances in the way that I, like, talk to people and... um yeah just staying sharp yeah yeah approaching the end I'm gonna throw a few uh unrelated topics at you just one by one what's up what's up how do you consume media uh we've got this huge crazy world and everyone does it differently how do you uh how do you take in the the news the news specifically not specifically oh, like all but of the news. I, I just mean like how do you stay uh a functioning yeah. A knowledgeable human being in this world oh, where there's right. sources upon sources of information. Huh. Like what what do you what do you look at? What do you read, watch? Well I mean like Google's really doing it for me nowadays. Like <laughs> like you know, if you have the Google app, whenever you open it up there's like a bunch of new stuff that's like really heavily catered to the type shit that you Google. Hmm. So you know I get like Rick and Morty news stuff. And Hell like, yeah, dude. A bunch of shit about like, <laughs> yeah. like complex and XXL articles and like just tons of stuff that it's like super relevant to the stuff that I want to like be reading about which is scary but it's always there and so like sometimes I watch that I've been like I have Chromecast so I'm like heavy on YouTube mm. like all the time I watch so much YouTube stuff nowadays um yeah like <laughs> I, I like find out about a bunch of new music and stuff like that mostly just from YouTube I don't really use I used to be heavy on SoundCloud and Bandcamp when I was younger, and then, like, super heavy on Spotify, too, but, like, I don't know, after a while, I just kind of stopped using those things. I think I stopped using Spotify because there wasn't Spotify in Canada when I started going there Hmm. for, like, a while, and then when I left, I think it maybe was there, like, the second year I was there, it just so happened, but Canada just definitely didn't have access to Spotify. And I was like, this is so fucking weird. Yeah, that sucks. <laughs> that sucks for Canada. I love so Spotify. Weird. But I think they're good now. Hmm. I think they're good now. Got I think Winnipeg got it now. <laughs> I don't know. But, um, yeah, so mostly just, like, internet stuff. Lots of Apple music. <laughs> um, 
But also, I've been feeling this disconnect from media. I don't really want it anymore in my life like that. Why? I don't know. It's annoying. Mm. My phone is annoying. It's hot all the time. Mm. And I don't want to touch it. Mm. <laughs> Just don't want to touch it. What about social media? What do you think of that? Um, well, I, it's that's a huge topic, you know? Like, social media is... Um, it's like a part of how I identify with myself as I'm sure tons of people can relate to and like that being said all of those people who can relate to that also know that like having social media as a way to like genuinely identify with oneself could be looked at as like kind of damning Mm -hmm. in society because this is the first part of our like society where that's even been a thing that like people are so connected to the online representations of themselves that it's like truly a thing that like Mm -hmm. they identify with you know and um so I think social media is like toxic in a whole bunch of ways and I think it's super healthy in a whole bunch of ways and um I don't think it's going anywhere anytime soon so I mean, definitely I don't not think my opinion on it matters um so if it's both <laughs> if it's both toxic and healthy which I feel uh how do you keep it balanced for yourself when you are able to keep it balanced um yeah I don't really know I feel like I probably don't do a good job of it hmm. <laughs> um just putting down your phone when it gets too hot yeah after <laughs> like nowadays I'm just like yo like I'll just like I'll just leave my phone for a while somewhere I don't know like good. I'll just like go if I'm like hanging out with somebody I'll like if I'm like going to the movies or like going out to eat or some shit I'll just like maybe not even bring that shit like <laughs> I might just leave it I mean like in the past like few weeks I've been getting like tons of emails and stuff that I feel like I have to respond to and so I've been kind of heavy on that but um I don't know balancing social media with life is pretty hard <laughs> it's pretty hard yeah for everyone like you said it's it's so new in this generation I don't think anyone's really figured it out perfectly yeah, yeah. I've been getting a whole like influx of followers post this whole like playing with hippo a lot so yeah and it's just like do I have to like post more like and like thinking about that it's just like ugh. like should I I guess I should post more should I post like more organized like what am, what am I supposed to do hmm. so you know uh, I definitely think about it you know yeah but I have all kinds of moral and like ethical quandaries about it too <laughs> yeah it's uh, it's worth some experimentation like using um, it in different ways you know yeah. like in terms of organization or or any of that yeah uh if you could tomorrow snap your fingers and pass some piece of legislation on a local or even federal level what would it be tomorrow yeah this is a way of asking like what change do you want to see in the world if you could immediately see change what one thing would you pick to see so here's the thing off rip i want to say some shit about weed so that weed's legal or some dumb shit like that cause like but if it's for tomorrow yeah it's tomorrow that's hard you know cause it's like the infra- the infrastructure is not really there yet for it to be like legalized that way you know so that would be pretty that would be like a brass change <laughs> and same with like um same with like completely obliterating the war on drugs like it's like the infrastructure is not there for the people who are in prison who should not be in prison to be out of prison hmm. you know like because hmm. there wouldn't be like there's so many people in prison that don't deserve to be in prison that could easily just like not be in prison 
You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and there's people who need to be in prison who are doing shit that just like, wow, it really warrants you being in prison. And they're just, they're not in prison. <laughs> and it's just like, oh my God. Like, <laughs> um, so dang. I guess if it was like on some tomorrow shit, it would have to be like a very lackadaisical law. That's like, I don't know, I would maybe change the drinking age. Damn, that even that has too many like, <laughs> like sociological ramifications. See, this is a responsible <laughs> answer. You're really thinking this through. Yeah. Actions have consequences. They, everything has consequences. Yeah. Man. Oh yeah. Man, a law. <laughs> I would maybe pass a law that completely abolishes, um, like the draft. Because I'm feeling like that shit could come back pretty soon. Based oh, on any the day now. Any day now. And I would like make some shit where it's like, nope, <laughs> you actually can't just get me if I don't sign up. Hmm. And it doesn't matter what you say, because I'm my own person. Hmm. <laughs> and there's no, there's no way for them to come back at me. Maybe some shit like that. I don't know. Hmm. That's a hard question, and it will take me 35 minutes to answer it accurately. All right. <laughs> you can let me know afterwards too. We'll, uh, we'll piece it in. Hit yeah, me up like next week or something. All right, all right. Hikey. <laughs> uh, who in the community are you impressed by? Like impressed who's by? yeah? Who is impressing you these days? It could be music or anything at all. I'm impressed by black people doing their thing in mm. a non-contrived way. Cause oh man, like I know so many rappers. Uh, oh man. Like, rapping is just, like... I feel like rappers can sometimes be, like, the corniest people on the face of the planet, you know? But I'm, like, really, like, pro-black people doing their thing in, like, ways that just, like... Reach out and infect people. Like, that band Nightstones? Yeah. They're dope. Dude, I'm talking to them later today. Oh, what? As soon as I leave here, yeah. We're heading right over. Tell them I said what's up. All right. Um, they're dope. Um, um, Miles Jameson. That person is sick. He, um... Yeah, they're rad. They're in, um, in, uh, what's that band? Treading North? They play guitar. They've been making a bunch of music with their brother Malcolm. And, um, it's just so sick. Like, Malcolm and Miles are just super dope. I'm pro them, too. Mm -hmm. And, um, who else? Um, I just work with Dua. Dua Salah. They're, they're super sick, too. Like, we did this so far song the other day. I don't know. I'm I'm just happy about black people doing their shit. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I feel like there's not a lot of recognition in like people of color doing the things that they do. For you know, just doing what they need to do. Like, <laughs> just people of color doing the things that when people like not of color take do. Take a bite for a little bit. Great. Go for it. Um, I just feel like people of color do things and it can go unnoticed really easily and even though we're noticing more and more of it like in our society like still like a lot of shit just comes off kind of contrived and convoluted because of the way like we like to inflate blackness in this like age as well and it's um I don't know like I feel like <laughs> it kind of it lashes out in ways where, like, everyone makes rap music now. Like, literally everybody. But not enough people, like, do other creative things that are also cool. Hmm. You know what I mean? Hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, I have a hard time explaining myself sometimes. But, um, no, you're doing good. 
Alright, nice. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. Shout out to black people just doing their thing. I hear you. you know? <laughs> I hear you. Shout out to Walker Wise. Shout out to everybody. Bringing it all together. Yeah. Um, one, do you have any uh, parting words, whether it's advice or uh, an ask of the audience, anything like that, into anywhere you want people to find you or work that they can check out? Um... Honestly, I don't have a really concise place. Like, check out my Twitter. I post dumb things on Twitter all the time. And also things that are relevant to my career, which is kind of the quandary of Twitter, I guess. Yep, uh, <laughs> a little of each. Some of it's stupid, but some of it is stuff that I want people to pay attention to. Like, when I have gigs in really random places that pop up. I have lots of random gigs that happen in my life, so I don't really have, like, a super concise place to look at all of it. But, um... Yeah, Twitter, Facebook, uh, Instagram, all those things. Check yeah. me out, DZ Jackson. All right, and any uh, parting words? Um, let's uh, uh, if we can. Let's if we all. How about if we all get the uh, let's? It's good enough for me. <laughs> it's good enough for me. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, of course. <laughs> If you've enjoyed this podcast, you can support it by visiting chancebychance.com and signing up for the email newsletter. As you're able, you can also visit chancebychance.com forward slash support to extend a financial contribution. Please know that your support goes a long way, and it's greatly appreciated. Until next time, thank you for listening.